Into the Garden podcast, the dawn and break of a new day, a new beginning, a turning point, a new importance, a new possibility to say, oh taste and say how good and how gracious the Lord has been to you and to me. We welcome the break of newness, of freshness, the breakthrough, the breakthrough, the splendour of fragrance, that aroma that speaks and gives off an anointing sweet essence, you say. A sweet is the promise that God will never leave nor forsake thee. Join me on into the garden. It's been a while, hasn't it? Hola, benesta des, come esta. Nihau, niama, jen dobre, bruno chinata, quitting talk, sin child, sapotica, bonjour, meraba, anion fashion, quitamida, natal. And not forgetting those near, far, and wide. And especially you out there in the countryside. Well, hip, hip, hooray! It's a sunny Thursday and we have someone new coming your way. Join me, your host Salem Jacobs, as we welcome Doreen Rossley, born and bred from Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, now residing in Ontario, Canada. And that's God. So as we welcome Doreen to Into the Garden, we welcome Sharon as well from Victoria Falls, Zimbabwe. May you continue to do as unto the Lord. Well, as you know, Sharon made a debut not so long ago. Now it's Doreen making hers. So won't you help me in giving Doreen a warm and hearty welcome as she prepares her heart and mind to say, what God has laid upon her heart. She shares with us today and something so close and dear to my heart. And this is only from God, how wonderful he imparts. She is sharing self-inflicted traumas. And mind you how nicely it ties up after our Restore, Reclaim, Receive a workshop, which was held on the 1st of July. Now, without any further ado, Doreen, the floor is yours. So let us continue. This is Into the Garden saying, Welcome, one and all.
special greetings to you in Jesus' name. My special thanks go out to Salome Jacobs for giving me this opportunity to share on this platform. Today I would like to share on self-inflicted trauma. Silent pains that we have inflicted on ourselves and have the ghosts of the past wanting us. Traumas are caused by our careless mistakes, sinfulness or bad choices. Millions of women are in deep silent pain, many wishing that they could turn back the hands of time to fix the mess or the damage that have happened in the past. Many are left in deep dark places of remorse. They are ashamed of the secret sins that torment them so much. Guilt, shame, remorse, regret, disgrace and reproach. Some of these actions brought misery to friends and relatives or even co-workers. Example, at workplace, we caused fellow workers to be fired so we could take their place or cause somebody to be jailed because we cried rape. Potiphar's wife falsely accused Jacob for rape and he was present for many years. Jacob's sons had lied to their father that the wild animals had killed Joseph or maybe some had committed adultery and gave birth to another man's child. Or maybe someone had a secret abortion which left a feeling scarred for life. Self-inflicted trauma can lead to mental illness, self-condemnation, and turn into drugs, alcohol, prostitution, or even food addiction, which leads to obesity, to drown their sorrows because of self-condemnation. Some have led to self-destruction, suicide. Another group of women had a better plan. They turned their shameful past to the Lord. They faced their guilt past lives and asked God's forgiveness. Even there are barren women who struggle, struggle with self-inflicted trauma. They blame themselves or suffer torment by many heartless people. God is a merciful God. He can forgive our past and give us another chance and cleanse us from the shameful past. If you read Zechariah 3, 3 to 5. Thank God that is no respecter of persons. The Holy Scriptures reveal that the women of old also had their faults, just the same as the modern women today. They too sinned and made mistakes and bad choices. Let us take a look at Jesus' great-great-grandmothers, one who think that Jesus bloodline was sinless women. Eve, she made a bad, bad choice to deal with the serpent and disobeyed God by eating the forbidden fruit. By God's punishment, they were evicted from their beautiful home, the Garden of Eden. They were faced with great hardships. Adam had to do hard labor and she, Eve, had to have painful childbearing and to be controlled by her husband. After giving birth to her sons, Cain and Abel. Sadly to say that later, Cain murdered his younger brother Abel. Sarah, Abram's wife, she suffered shame of being barren. She took matters into her own hands by encouraging Abram to bear a child with a maid, Hagar. Hagar and Sarah, Sarah had disputes 
because of Hagar's pregnancy and the birth of Ishmael. When Sarah finally had fallen pregnant and gave birth to Isaac, she then ordered Abram to divorce Hagar to banish them from their home, family home. Abram, as wealthy as he was, only gave Hagar and Ishmael water and bread and threw them out into the wilderness. Why didn't he get two donkeys to carry their supply and others to the son Ishmael? God saw their plight and sent an angel to comfort them when their supplies had run dry and they were almost near to death. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, Genesis 27. Rebecca made Jacob steal his brother's birthright, which is all Esau, and, and blessings. Dispute broke out between the two brothers. Jacob had to flee his home and went to his uncle's home. He was Rebecca's brother. His name was Laban. Leah, Albert, Laban's elder daughter. When Jacob reached his uncle Laban's home, he fell in love with Rebecca, his second-born daughter. Rachel, that was her name, Leah was not attractive. Jacob worked seven years to get Rachel's hand of marriage. The day of the wedding, Laban chose Leah to be Jacob's wife. Throughout the wedding, she wore a veil. Next morning, Jacob was disgusted to find out that he had married the wrong sister. His father-in-law then gave him Rachel as a second wife. There were so much disputes between the two sisters because Leah had the blessings of childbearing while Rachel was barren. Leah gave birth to Judah, one of Jesus' uplines. Tamer, Judah's daughter-in-law. Tamar had married two of Judah's sons, but was twice widowed. Judah, Judah had a third son, but he didn't want to give Tamar as a third husband. He feared that his son would also die. Tamar made a play, plan to be pregnified by her father-in-law. She then acted as a prostitute, wore a veil, and slept with her father-in-law. She later gave birth to twin boys. Perez was one of Jesus' uplines. Bathsheba, wife of Uriah, 2 Samuel 11. King David slept with a married woman, pregnified her, feeling guilty, he summoned Bathsheba's husband, who was in the army, to return home to be, his, to be with his wife. But him, being loyal soldier, refused to go home to be his wife while the other soldiers were at home. David later sent Uriah back to the war where he was killed in action. Rahab, she was a prostitute. She later married Salmon and gave birth to Boaz, one of Jesus' uplines. All these women of old were Jesus' maternal mothers. They were not perfect. They had their different faults. We go now to the Virgin Mary, Matthew 1. Jesus was born of Virgin Mary. Jesus knows the pain of living in an extended family. Jesus' conception was made before Mary, Mary married Joseph. Jesus knew the pain that Mary felt getting pregnant before marriage, which was a crime in Israel. Women were stoned to death. Jesus also knew the pain of living in an extended family, having a stepfather, brothers and sisters. 
Jesus also felt the pain when the elders of the temple argued who Jesus' father was. Jesus had many women followers. Mary Magdalene was one of the women afflicted with trauma because of being a prostitute. Jesus had cast off demonic spirits and forgiven her of her sins. She became Jesus' follower. When Jesus was being crucified at the foot of the cross, stood Mary, the then Virgin Mary, Jesus' mother, and Mary Magdalene, the former prostitutes. They were there. But where was Joseph and his children? Where were Jesus' disciples? Only Joseph was there. Jesus had even told John to take care of his mother. At Jesus' funeral, where was Joseph and his family? The crowds who followed Jesus, all his disciples, only two women were outstanding. Mary, mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene, who played a big part in Jesus' life. One was told of the Messiah's birth, while the other received good news of Jesus' resurrection. Conclusion. We as women can be so good or messed up like Mary Magdalene or even Jesus' great-grandmothers who were not perfect. They had faults like we do. Come to him as we are. In Isaiah 54, from verse 4 to 7, God declares that he is a husband to the broken women, sisters in Christ. Let us surrender our secret sins to Jesus. He will heal us, heal us from all our secret traumas that we, we have. He will even forgive us in Jesus' holy name. I'd like to thank you all for even this time where I can even share. May God richly bless you. And just remember that you are not alone. God is with us all the time. Jesus loved women. He was the followers even of, of many women that came to him. We followed him too. Thank you, ladies, for even listening to even this message. In Jesus' holy name, God bless. This is Doreen Rosley. Thank you. You won't come out of this. You're not smart enough. You're not bright enough. You waited too late, you should have started younger. Those are the kind of voices that we all live with. For me, our ministry was growing. We lived in a nice house, nice house we'd ever had. Driving a nice car, living from paycheck to paycheck, but making it. Every night, I lay down at night. After she goes to sleep, I hear the voices. Those voices are the kind of voices that stop you from buying into your own life. Stop you from enjoying the good times and believing that they will last. The anxiety and the pressure and the strength that it took to get from where you were to where you are doesn't go away so, so you don't really believe it's yours. You're driving it, but you don't really believe it's yours. And you're scared to relax and really rest in whatever it is or whoever it is. Because everything else went away. Maybe this will go away too. We talk about faith for bad times, but 
But you also need faith in good times to actually believe the goodness of God is not going anywhere. To silence the voices that keep saying you'll never make it. You're about to lose everything. Fear gets in your heart. See, see, I know what it's like to be poor. And I know what it's like to be without. And I know what it's like not to have dinner for my kids. Returning to that, the, the idea that that could happen is terrifying. And the enemy always has some sort of tool or memory or situation that he uses to terrify you, even though the, the good times are here and, and, and the dream is there, and the blessing is there and the goodness is there. But there's always this haunting, nagging defiance that says, don't you relax. You're not worth it. You don't deserve it. And it's not going to last. Resting in what God has done is often more difficult than receiving what God has done. To rest in it, to believe that it will last, to believe that you will last, that love will last, that, that, that life will last, that, that good times will come, that things will be better, is difficult because of the voices. And you are what you eat, and the voices are the food that feeds your faith or fear. So if you want to change your diet, you can change your outcome. But you have to stop talking to yourself the way you do. Because if you continue to talk to yourself the way you do, you will always be where you've always been. It is what you say within yourself that heals you. The woman with the issue of blood said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. There was no scripture to validate that. She could say she wasn't quoting Deuteronomy or new numbers or anything like that. It's just something she said to herself. There was no doctrine around it. We've never seen that happen before. But she said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And all the while she was crawling, she kept saying, over and over again, if I could just touch, if I could just touch, if I could just touch, if I could just touch the hem of the God. And without Jesus' permission, and without the support of the disciples, she creeped up on him and snatched a miracle. Snatched it. Snatched it because of what she said to herself. You see those voices that say what you can't do, what you can't have, what you can't be, what's not going to last, what's not going to work, is how the enemy pulverizes the promises of God in your life. And it takes word to combat word. That's why when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan was throwing word at him, he was throwing word back. And what we have to do is put word on word. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, I'm blessed in my uprising, I'm blessed in my downsetting. I'll be blessed into my old age. I'll be blessed when I'm an old man. My grandchildren will be blessed. My body is blessed. My body is, my mind is blessed. My head is blessed. I got this, I can handle it, I can do it, bring it on. Here it is. That kind of talk, saying that to yourself, 
drives back the other voices of negativity that we all have creep up behind us and tell us that we're not capable and we're not competent and we're not gifted enough and we're not good enough or we waited too late or God is punishing us. To talk back to those voices shuts the enemy down. The pressure I was going through, I was causing. Because the pressure I was going through was coming from the things that I allowed to reverberate in my head. And I'm wondering if there are things echoing in your head right now that are stopping you from living your best life because you will not silence them by speaking back. You shall have whatever you say. So says the word of God. You shall have whatever you say. If it's betrayal, you shall have whatever you say. If it's a life without love, you shall have whatever you say. It doesn't just work positively, it also works negatively. You shall have whatever you say. She touched him and she was made whole. And he says, who touched me? Which means he's oblivious to what's going on. This is all happening in her head. The whole thing happened in her head and the Lord who is omniscient asked a question, who touched me? And the disciples wanting to be important answered him, said, everybody touched you. He said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Everybody around me don't touch me. Everybody around me don't touch me. You've been said. Everybody around me don't touch me. Just because you're around me don't mean you touch me. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. And she came out from the crowd sheepishly and said, it was me. love and live you but we have come to the end of this episode so lovely to have you join us in the garden where peace like a river flows and God's unfailing love bestows in the garden where there's a bountiful supply of unconditional love sharing caring and allowing God to mend the broken hearts who are fearing Thank you to Doreen Rosley for sharing what was laid upon her heart, self-inflicted trauma to impart. Well, like the women of old who knew too well the burdens they were carrying from their actions, and truth be told, to this day we continue down the same path out of control. So when you go back to the word, therein lies a lesson to be heard. Now, before we love and leave you, if there's anyone out there celebrating a birthday, an anniversary, or who received years of good cheer, happy birthday, happy anniversary, and congratulations to you. Not forgetting those who have lost a loved one or two through natural or disaster. Our heartfelt condolences go out to you. Kindly share this podcast and any of our episodes to those whom you think needs to hear it too. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for caring. But most of all, thank you for sharing the love. Well, 
Until the next time, this is Salome Jacobs, author of the book, You Don't Know the Cost of My Alabaster Box. And the Soul Sister Friend, wearing many hats, signing off. Take care. Until the next time we meet. Shashinai, grazie, hamsehau. Tisvedinia, sayonara, adios, dovetsinia, orva, farvel, adios, kuligule, adia, maestromatica, vasila, conta, shien, salamatinga, avidisain, arrivederci, anion, spasiba, havet. Tune in to Into the Garden, where we take you into your next. Your time, it's all about the things you've become in your.